Welcome to the Gaming Trend Podcast, the official podcast of GamingTrend.com. My name is Anthony Shelton, and we have David Burdett. Hello there. And returning for the third time in a row, Noah Rigsby. Hi, I actually beat God of War now, so I'm I'm in the clear. The schedule is free. <laughs> there you go. Full, we can take all night then. We're good. All right. So in this podcast, we usually talk about the biggest games of the week, games in our backlog we should have played a long time ago and what you need to play, but we're going to do things a little differently this week. Since David or Noah won't be here next week to discuss our predictions for the Game Awards the night before the awards, because they're actually going to the, the Game Awards and watch it at IMAX, you lucky two, uh, we're going to make our predictions tonight. That's what we're going to do. So we got the website up with all the categories, and we're going to discuss and debate who we think will win most of these two categories. So let's just get into it. First of all, we're going to skip all the esports stuff because all that stuff is basically League of Legends, if not Counter-Strike. So we're just going to jump over that stuff. So let's start with the most anticipated game, which I think is a great category to start with. So that is described as recognizing an announced game that has demonstrably illustrated potential to push the gaming medium forward. So we have Final Fantasy 16? That's 16. Yeah, okay. Getting, getting my Roman numerals messed up there. <laughs> Final Fantasy 16, Hogwarts Legacy, Resident Evil 4, Starfield, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Gentlemen, which of these five has the potential to push games forward? And this just, is. Just jump in. This is one of those where, I mean, how does Zelda not win? I mean, Breath of the Wild was what it was. I'm not the biggest Breath of the Wild fan personally. Uh, I think it's a great game, but I just don't care for it. Probably won't play a lot of Tears of the Kingdom, but you can't, with this award, people excited for Zelda. It's going to be very hard for anything else. Like, I'm personally on the list if I'm choosing the one that I'm personally would be voting for i would probably be voting for starfield um i'm very excited to play final fantasy 16 but i will play the crap out of starfield i've been excited for that for a very long time and see i i, I feel like i'm you know the hot take i'm on the opposite side I'm, I'm the nintendo boy i am very much i think it's in the bag tears of the kingdom um i think starfield if it wins would be rightfully so you know in deserving win but i you can't argue with zelda it's it's one of those i think if they do anywhere near close to you know the level of breath of the wild i think that's enough hype as it is for me yeah uh i don't think any of these games have the potential to push gaming forward because they're all going to be retreads of what they already do including tears of the kingdom i think for me Breath of the Wild did what it did to push Zelda forward. I think it was a fine attempt. I'm not a big Breath of the Wild fan myself either. I bought it. I gave it a chance. I want to give it a chance again, but there are certain aspects to it I just cannot stand. If those things are fixed, great. 
And by fixed, yes, I mean breakable weapons at the rate that they were is a broken mechanic. Absolutely. Oh, yes. 100%. So if they fix that, and yes, I'm deliberately using the word fix. If they fix that, <laughs> all right, I think I'll have more tolerance to play Tears of the Kingdom, but it's going to be more Breath of the Wild. I don't, I don't think there's any... I don't think anybody. So you're not imagining a you're not imagining a Majora's Mask here. You're imagining it's going to be more no. of the same. <laughs> yeah, Majora's Mask was an interesting twist on Ocarina of Time's formula, but no, this is this is going to be more Breath of the Wild, different storyline, different you know, obviously a, a different way to navigate the world and all that kind of stuff. Um, that stuff will change the context and how you do different things, new dungeons, maybe even more of the major dungeons, maybe less of the mini dungeons. Who knows? Who knows? But it's going to be more of that, which is fine. But it's not going to do anything fresh for video games. So neither is Starfield. Starfield's going to be more of that formula that they've uh, adopted from the Elder Scrolls genres and Fallout. Yeah, and all that. So, um, which is great because it could turn out to be the best of everything that those games do well although there are some fallout things in there that are like yeah maybe they should. but it could be an improvement we don't know but it seems like these at most are forward momentum for the games themselves not necessarily video games yep that's something interesting actually with starfield uh it's starting to look more and more likely like on console you're gonna be stuck at 30 frames on Starfield, even on uh, Series X, it's a next gen, it's next gen only, and it's only on Xbox Series X and no, well, true, and yeah. S. But uh, from what say PlayStation, <laughs> so he's from what they, the game on PlayStation. Yeah. But from what uh, even in a recent interview, we've already been talking about it and how it was sub thirty in the first gameplay footage we saw, and Todd Howard in a recent interview actually took on the topic of 30 FPS games and kind of talked about how they're fine. <laughs> and Which they much. are. And they are. He's not wrong. They are. It's just all the, you know, Twitter hotheads or if this comes out in 4K 30, the Twitter hotheads are going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth going on. <laughs> <laughs> Even if the game is just, you know, flawless, if it's not right to 60, there's going to be people that it could have been 60. Why wasn't it? Yep. Yep. People don't understand the trade-offs of graphical <laughs> fidelity and frame rate. Uh, you can't have both a lot of the time, no matter how powerful the hardware is. Not so, to mention huge in console, and involved worlds. Oh gosh, CPU-intensive worlds. Yeah, yep. people don't understand that too. So uh, now with these, you know, much better CPUs that we have now, and these consoles have, you know, these developers are going to try to push that, and that's going to come with some sacrifices. That's just the way it is. All right, so that's most anticipated game. Let's move on to the next category. Best adaptation. This is recognizing outstanding creative work that faithfully and authentically adapts a video game to another entertainment medium. So our five choices for this is Arcane, League of Legends, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, The Cuphead Show, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and Uncharted. Gentlemen. Which do you think will win this one? Maybe I'll let you go first. I'll, 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 we'll stick with that. We'll let you go first. And the way I can, uh, I can remove 
rebuttal with my hot takes. <laughs> okay, I like it. So, as far as what I think is going to win, I think Arcane probably runs away with it. I've not watched Arcane, but I do know oh, that so it good. is beloved by many, and it had a lot of good press. So I'm not. That's that's what I think is going to win. As far as my hot take of what I personally want to win, I want the Uncharted. world to burn down, and oh. I want Uncharted oh. to win. Oh I want God. Mark Wahlberg so... with a mustache to lord <laughs> over that stage <laughs> because I had fun watching that movie. It is a fun uh... romp. It it did not have to be this. 10 out of 10 masterpiece. It was fun for what I watched. <laughs> but but is 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 it a good the best adaptation though? Yeah, it can be fun, but is it the best adaptation? It is. <laughs> he's, he's sticking to his guns. I, I respect he's it. Sticking, he's sticking to his guns. He's sticking to it. Um, he knows he's wrong. He knows he's he knows. wrong. That's why he gets that I'm going, little I'm laugh going down with that. I'm going down with that flying ship. <laughs> I'll give you the I'll give you the swag factor though. As you said, it, it, it does. You ate that fry or whatever it was. You know, you were like, yeah, yep, he, I, he knew. This, he knew. I'm confident. <laughs> I'm confident in this choice. I'll give you that. I wish yeah. I had remembered that the Cuphead show existed because now I need to watch it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot that that was a thing. I should go watch it. But Arcane is really good. It's and so good. I, I am not a, a League of Legends player. I, I do enjoy it. Uh, I suck at it, so it's not a game I keep playing. I do like Legends of Runeterra a lot. That's one of my favorite card games. Um, so I am familiar with the characters and teeny bit of the lore. But regardless of all that, I, I think if you never knew a thing about this, I think this is, could still be enjoyable. I also need to check out Cyberpunk Edge Runners because I've heard very good things about that too. But mm-hmm. I think just because it's League of Legends, Arcane's just gonna default <laughs> because it's affiliated. Yeah, I I agree. I think Arcane's has this one in the bag. All right, let's move on to best debut indie for the best debut game created by a new independent studio. So new game and new independent studio. Our choices are Neon White. Norco, Stray, Tunic, and Vampire Survivors. I still need to play that. I can't, oh, totally forgot to check that out this weekend because too many people are talking about Vampire Survivors. All right, David, what do you think? Did we lose you? David? Well, while he's thinking, because I know he's torn, um, I will give my hot take. Um, I think it's going to be too much as I adored Stray. I thought the, the cap game was fun. Um, I think Tunic's going to take it. I think it had a little bit more wide um, area of fans than what Stray did. So that's, we'll see. Yeah. Tunic, ah, Tunic is so, so good. And. So I, I try not to take in the fact that uh, I believe Tunic was a single developer. So I try, I try not to put that into the equation when we talk about, you know, the best game or whatever, mm-hmm. but I, ha- I'm working on this YouTube project for gaming trend where I'm evaluating a lot of games and a lot of them are indie games. 
and a lot of them are made by very small teams, either one, maybe no more than five. And I'm looking at them and I see just the rookie mistakes that they're making in development and the gameplay and things like that. And I'm like, mm, that shouldn't be there. This should, you know, this should be considered. I can see this. And, it, you know, it's, it's just kind of like little mistakes too. Uh, you know, text grammatically incorrect in the box, you know, just all these kind of yeah. like weird yeah. small details that are overlooked or missed or, you know, whatever the case may be. And I don't knock them for it. It's very difficult. It's we're writers, right? We can write an entire essay and it's just loaded with a whole bunch of mistakes and grammatical errors, right? Like spelling yeah. here, you know, sentence exactly. words missed and all that stuff. And that's just an article. These guys are making video games. So there's so many things to think about. So when you got one person who makes a game like Tunic, which is super smart, very difficult, solid gameplay, can't really find any crazy mistakes in it. And this is one person? That's incredible. That's super impressive. So it's hard for me to not take out the fact that this has been made by one person yeah. because part of that quality is like this all came from one person's mind. Maybe he had some consulting, but not on the same level as double A AA or triple A games. And wow. So and, and, and debuting. It's. it's you know. Yeah, like this is your first game. <laughs> what a way to knock our socks off. So, you know, uh, Blue 12 and Annapurna. Annapurna's published a whole bunch of games. So this is, eh, it's not bad for a published game, but it doesn't, doesn't move the needle for me uh, gameplay-wise from what I've seen. Tunic? I'm like, yeah, okay. You, It's like, a harder version of Zelda, yeah, but it's also so unique. Difficulty. Yeah, just in the way it it asks things of you, with the with the way you have to you know figure out the text and the instruction manual, you know, just all this different stuff you have to do. Um, the whole thing can be a spoiler if uh, if you're not careful. So, yeah, I've heard great things about Vampire Survivors. I've heard good things about Neon White, but I think Tunic is just special. It's just, it's yeah. just special. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I'm not going to be a hot tech boy on this one. So, <laughs> however, when I play Vampire Survivors, my mind might change. <laughs> but, <'cause laughs> that's I, that's, that's just, what I'm afraid of too. I haven't played it as well, and I keep hearing nothing but you know great things. I'm, I'm going to wait until after the game awards, so that way you know it won't sway my my credits in humility. <laughs> Very. Uh, very much so. Let's just All give right. credit to this entire list because every single one of these games is fantastic. Like that, that isn't every category doesn't have a clear cut winner. Uh, or ev lots of categories have clear cut winners, whereas that does not exist in best debut indie. So there were oh, a ton yeah, of studios doing it for the first time and doing it right. <laughs> that being said, kitty cat game wins puts it the word on their shelf and promptly knocks it off <laughs> yeah I, I, I love stray I, we gave i gave stray a phenomenal review stray helped me get through my second uh run-in with covid uh 
it's the perfect the so it's really tough in my mind to like think how in the world no one has decided to make a game where you just play as a cat like like this the simplicity of how they've done it is what's impressive about it because the the whole basis is like it's perfect it's jumping around like a cat going around doing things just like a cat would it's it's perfectly captured so i, I, just, I just love it <laughs> yeah i just i just there are idiosyncrasies with some of the mechanics that i've seen that it's like yes a cat would do this but i feel like for the gameplay as a whole if you replace the cat with an armadillo like you're not really gonna get most of that change the the stuff that matters is not going to change much the little stuff like you know like flicking all this you know, this very cute cat stuff like that's specific to the cat so you're not going to get that with an armadillo but the core stuff i feel like any animal could have been that thing and that's where i feel like stray kind of falls short in that regard it's like oh yeah you get to do cat things and there's no other game that does that but to me it doesn't look like those cat things actually matter as a whole it's also just so well tied together with the story like the the story is this beautiful almost vague uh tale that happens as you progress through this world that's that's one of the things that really captivates you with stray is just how how somehow you can still figure out what's going on in this world as you go along um that, that that's really what I love about it. It's just it's just an enchanting enchanting tale to me. But I am a huge cat person, so that does make me a bit biased. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> What's up next? We could skip uh, content creator of the year. We'll go to best multiplayer. This is for outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op. It's right there in the category. Anyway, including co-op and massively multiplayer experiences, irrespective of game genre or platform. Our choices are Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Multiverses, Overwatch 2, Splatoon 3, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. David? What do you think takes the winner? I would takes not be I would not be surprised, at least as far as the voters go, if Overwatch 2 got it. Uh, I, mm. I think Overwatch 2 launched extremely well. It really hit ex- extremely well for people. Um, just would not be surprised at all to see that take it. For myself, uh, Modern Warfare 2 continues to just... I, I, I am sinking even more time into that game than I've sunk into any of the other Call of Duties right at the beginning. And I I, I have fully embraced the grind. Like, it's even more so than <laughs> the previous games, which I put a lot of time into. Like, I, I actually made a joke in our beta preview of I put 201 hours into Modern Warfare 2019. I could see myself doubling this. That may happen easily because everything is hitting right like it this doesn't even include the best multiplayer does not even include the warzone or dmz which are fantastic additional pieces to this formula so yeah it's uh that's my personal <laughs> but i i think honestly at least overwatch 2 i think would be a good uh, a good winner in this category i think it i think a lot of press really enjoyed that 
the I, if I would have been asked to do my pred during the beta for Overwatch 2, I would have said Overwatch 2, hands down. Um, but Season 1, towards the tail end, not been, in my opinion, Blizzard's best mentality with things. There's a lot of quality of life stuff for multiplayer games, especially them advertising it as a life service like they have been, pushing back patches and all that stuff. It's brought it down a couple pegs for me. So as much as I adore Overwatch 2 and love it, I I would love to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles take it. So that that is who I am predicting because that game is <laughs> so much fun to play online. <laughs> as far yeah. as who I think will win, uh, I think it's... Uh, to me, it's between Modern Warfare 2 and Multiverses. I don't think Splatoon 3 has a chance. I think Overwatch 2 had a, uh, a rough start with all the online login issues and things like that. Um, I, think, I think it's solid adjustment in terms of going to 5v5, only one tank. Um, I'm not sure how much the business model is factored into these things. I, I guess... Um, I guess, you know, outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design. Um, if if we consider that part of the category, Overwatch 2 mostly maintains what it already has been doing. So, except with the, the switch to 5v5 and one tank, which I think they did very good with that, but it's still, still Overwatch. It's still so, Overwatch. Yeah. Um, I guess you could say that you know it's still Call of Duty, but with the changes that they were make, uh, you know, every Call of Duty can be different. I think I think people ignore that part, uh, or conveniently <laughs> ignore it. The one Call of Duty could be very different from the next. Three different developers. So the fact that you know they, they I think they nailed it in terms of the multiplayer um, matters. And then there's multiverses. I, I like that game a lot. It's the only legitimate contender to Smash. It's the only one. Uh, Nickelodeon couldn't do it. Uh, obviously, PlayStation All-Stars couldn't do it. But this one was, uh, you know, it got a spot at Evo. Um, that matters. It's, and it's, very, it's a very good fighter. It's... It's fantastic. It's, in my opinion, much smoother than Smash. Uh, I think it's, in a lot of ways, more fun to play than Smash because of the online connectivity is so much better. Um, and, you know, I don't have a ton of friends to play with on Smash. So, not that Smash is bad. I think it's, Smash is the superior game. But I have more fun playing multiverses. What I want to win, though, is Shredder's Revenge. <laughs> there is, <laughs> oh my gosh, six-player... Uh, Co-op, I mean, I play that game and it feels like I'm back in the arcades again. You just, exactly. you just hook up with random strangers and you just start beating stuff up. Uh, it's, yep. a, it's a feel-good thing. There's just no animosity. You're just going for it, you know, and I love the way it feels. Um, the game as a whole, I think, is solid. I gave it a 70 only because of some level design things. I think at harder difficulties and when you're trying to do challenges really takes down the experience. You kind of see the the uh, limitations of the AI and some of some different things. But, I mean, <laughs> this game is so 
so much fun to play online. I I love just jumping in with people and it's like no matter what you're playing, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. All right. Best sports and racing. Interesting how they combine those two, but for the best traditional and non-traditional sports and racing games. So you got F122, FIFA 23, NBA 2K23, Gran Turismo 7, and the only one without a number, Ollie Ollie World. But the developer is Roll7, if we want to put a number in there. So, David, what is your prediction? Hmm. <clears throat> this one's one of those fun ones because it's, it's kind of a toughie. Partially because I don't touch a lot of sports racing stuff like I used to. And also because I don't know that out of all of these, I've heard a lot about some of them. Uh, from what I have heard, F122 is fantastic. So I wouldn't be surprised if that ran away with it. Um, Gran Turismo 7, for all its fanfare, it has had some bad press when it comes to people trying to grind things and stuff and then that getting balanced so to speak i put up air quotes for those since this is audio um so i'm just not sure it rolls in in the best state uh, especially as good a state as it was before when at launch when when all the reviews were stellar uh, also heard nothing but great things about ollie ollie world so that could be kind of that surprise game out of there. Um, if I had to predict one, I'd probably say F1 just because I've, I've just heard so much good about it. It's, it's really hard to predict a clear winner uh, because Forza's not in the category this year. Uh, it's just really hard because they usually <laughs> always they take home every year. It's the durian, so it's really tough. Um, if I had to pick one, I would probably go with FIFA just because they're kind of like Forza at this point. Their games are generally pretty spot on, um, especially with the ultimate team, you know, that being what it is. Um, they, they they have a pretty good pattern, I think, at this point. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if FIFA took it. I think FIFA will take it. I think F122 should take it. I want Oli Oli World to win it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how I think that's going to go down. All right. Best sim and strategy. This is the best game focused on real-time or turn-based simulation or strategy gameplay, irrespective of platform. Our options are Dune, Spice Wars, Mario and Rabbids, Sparks of Hope, Total War, Warhammer 3, Two Point Campus, and Victoria 3. Let's take that one. I just want to remind everyone that two weeks ago, Anthony Shelton did not know that Mario plus Rabbids was a strategy game. <laughs> and I'm still going to hold that over his head. <laughs> you, you don't know what you don't know, man. You know, Once I find that thing you don't know, then I'm going to... Oh, you go <laughs> right ahead. I'm, I'm sure right you can hold you. anything over my head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, honestly... Mario plus rabbits. I've heard nothing but stellar things about that. So it, it plus you got the power of the Mario brand behind it. In my opinion, it's going to be real hard for anything to beat Mario plus rabbits. 
Yeah, I, I definitely I think Mario and Rabbits have it. Just the amount of you know love that has been received by it, all the press. Everybody's pretty much said nothing but wonderful things about it. And it's Mario. It always, for the most part, holds a, a pretty good chance at winning whatever category it's nominated in. Um, so yeah, I, I would not be surprised at all if Mario Rabbits takes it. So that's that's what I'm predicting. <laughs> Um, all most of these, I, well, Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope is what the second or the third game? It's the second game. Second, yeah. yeah, second. So the uh, the I think we got Warhammer three and then Victoria three, and the two point campus <laughs> is kind of two point hospital except on a campus. So Dune Spice Wars is probably the most original, <laughs> I guess here. But I've heard absolutely nothing about it. Which probably means it. I it mean, was early. It was early figured. access. Is the reason it just recently came out of early yeah, access. Was, Actually, uh, on PC Game Pass now. Okay, yeah, it was a big update dropped for. Yeah. So, but have we? I mean, has what has been the reaction to it? I mean, there's not reviews. If that tells you anything, yeah, yeah that, <laughs> that matters. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. It's just one of those, either it's flying under the radar or it's not worth putting on the radar. So I, I'm not sure Warhammer 3 and Victoria 3 are doing anything so incredibly better than this, their second iterations. So, In all fairness, as soon as somebody said Victoria 3, I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> I yeah. didn't know that was a game. <laughs> there were three. <laughs> I knew about that one, David. Ha ha, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to your point, who doesn't know about Mario? So, yep. <laughs> um, I think Two Point Campus is probably the only other one that's going to give Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope uh, uh, a run for their money. But it's not going to be a lot of run. So in all fairness, Total War did review extremely well. Uh so sure. could give it a run, but it doesn't have the brand power like Mario does. Yeah. Um brand power plus good game. Yep. Usually usually we'll take the win. Best family category for the best game appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform. So, we got Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga, Mario Plus Rabbids, Sparks of Hope, Nintendo Switch Sports, and Splatoon 3. Gentlemen, which do you think will win? No, oh, what do you think? Yeah, also, while he's, while he's scrolling through, uh, uh, I, as much as I love Star Wars and love the Lego games, that's who I, that's who I hope to win. Um, but I, I think Mario and Rabbit is going to take this one as well. I, I don't see them not, uh, especially with, you know, the brand power that, that plus 10 on your, uh, on your voting sheets. Um, so I, yeah, that's what I predict. Yeah. I, as much as I really want to Lego Star Wars, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't scream family game enough to me. Yeah. It has drop in, drop out co-op, but most people I think who buy Lego Star Wars buy it for the Star Wars and not to do drop in, drop out co-op. But I could be wrong. Probably am, but could be. I think I think Lego Star Wars will take it. And uh I anecdotally, I have a friend who has a uh 
the older elementary school age child loves the Lego stuff, and that's a game he'll play with them. And you got that plus Star Wars, and a lot of kids have grown up somehow liking Star Wars. So, boom, you got the marriage right there. The adult likes Star Wars, will play Lego with their kid. There you go. Drop in co-op. Perfect. Mario plus Rabbids being a strategy game probably isn't the thing that kids want to play. Strategy games. I am probably uh, among the few who grew up playing a Fire Emblem game <laughs> when I was young. So, uh, and enjoying it, by the way. So, um, no, I think... I mean, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, that's mostly a single-player game. The co-op isn't worth anything. It's much like Mario Galaxy in that regard. Nintendo Switch Sports would be the next best choice if, if it was more than mediocre. So, Splatoon 3? Okay, it's more Splatoon 2, but that was never really a like good co-op on the couch kind of game this is yeah. better online multiplayer game. So I think the obvious choice is Lego star Wars. I think you have, I think you have more hope than you think Noah. That that <laughs> that's will it's, win it. it's I'm, I'm trying not to be the, the star Wars fanboy that, that I always say. No, I, th- I think among these, it's not even about fanboy. It's about what's here and what should win Lego star Wars should win it. I'd still love to see. I'd love to see Kirby sneak in and grab it. I love Kirby. Kirby Yeah, but it's not. It's not really a co-op game in that way. It's also not a brand like like that. Like Mario, so to speak. Like people still love Kirby, but it's not the same as a brand as a Mario or a Star Wars. So, no. I. I, I hope I'm proven wrong in this category. <laughs> so that's what I'm going for. I'm going for the reverse psychology. If I don't pick Lego Star Wars, it'll win. <laughs> All right. <laughs> best fighting for the best game designed primarily around head to head combat. So we have DNF Duel, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All Star Battle R, The King of Fighters 15, Multiverses. And Sifu, because there's tons of head-to-head combat in that, yeah. Gentlemen, who do you think will take it? I, this is, I, I don't see multiverse is not. I, I definitely yeah. I think that's the strongest uh, out of all of them. It's one of those clear-cut categories in my mind. Like I think Sifu's fantastic. But I also don't feel like it belongs here, and I think a lot of journalists are going to feel the same way is the biggest thing. No, true. Yes. I don't think it deserves... JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is a remake, basically, so that's meh. Okay. King of Fighters 15, very good fighting game. King of Fighters 15 is really good. It's very, very good. I think just multiverses just did something unexpected which was take on Smash and have some modicum of success doing it. Um, I think that matters. DNF duels, uh, you know, interesting idea. Didn't really hit with everybody. Um, so I don't, I don't think that will take it. It's between the King of Fighters 15 and Multiverses, and I think Multiverses with the brands and all that, you know, we talk about yep. brands. 
I think uh, being able to utilize those brands in an, in a way that turned out to be good matters. Um, whereas King of Fighters 15, it's the 15th King of Fighters, and it just happens to be good. So People which, forget which brand helps you stick in somebody's head. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely has some power to it. Yeah. I think we all agree on uh, multiverses on this one. Yep. yep. <laughs> B- best role-playing game. For the best game designed with rich player character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences. Our choices are Elden Ring, Live Alive, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Triangle Strategy, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Gentlemen. How will this shake out? I mean, I'll, 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 I think this is where uh, we're going to start seeing some of the big heavy hitters start taking some of these categories. Uh, I think Elden Ring uh, has this one in the bag for the most part. Not that it, you know the other ones don't deserve it; they all rightfully so. They're all well, well that done games. Uh, <laughs> but no, no, Elden Ring, Elden Ring's going to take it. I'll say it. Full yeah, Elden Ring, Elden Ring takes it. <laughs> Uh, I the only reason that I could see anything else going with it is they go oh Elden Ring is has so many awards let's give Xenoblade Chronicles three a, a win somewhere and they just that's decide to give it best role playing <laughs> that, that's the only reason either it's just a uh, oh we we got to give something to Xenoblade <laughs> what is the one well, that's going to cause I, I the think it's more like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, more more so than we don't we have to give something. I think it's more like Elden Ring will likely have a better chance of winning Game of the Year, so we'll give <laughs> you know Blade <Yep>. Chronicles three <laughs> this. Um, so yeah, I'm right with you on that one. Um, I mean, David Flynn loves this game. Uh, he's choosing it as his Game of the Year. Um, I haven't played it yet, so I don't know. I don't imagine it actually should win Game of the Year, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of Western audiences as the jury, and they typically don't like anything JRPG as a top winner. So Elden Ring has a strong chance of taking it, um, but there are people who did give Xenoblade Chronicles 3 its flowers. So I am going to choose Xenoblade Chronicles 3 for the same reason David said. <laughs> All right. The pity Best vote. Action. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> best action adventure for the best action adventure game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. I guess that's that is our new definition of action adventure. So, <laughs> A Plague Tale Requiem, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray and Tunic. Okay, I'm just going to stay right away. It should be Tunic. It should be Tunic. Nothing Combat, as action-packed yes. as solving a puzzle. <laughs> it's got combat. Don't act like the combat is easy to pull <laughs> no, off. That's I'm, not. I'm, that's... I'm, jo- I'm joking based on the, uh, nope. the what you said the qualifiers were. <laughs> oh, yes. Traversal. <laughs> is, it, is it really an adventure without puzzles as well? Yeah. No. <laughs> 
you know. Well, that's the, every bit of reason why Sonic Frontiers might win Game of the Year at the Player's <laughs> Choice. It's got it's got oh, traversal yeah. speed. There you go. This but is yeah, an, to, yeah. Tunic is Tunic is uh, my choice. I what I what I think is going to win is uh, based on if we're if I'm looking at the category description. And if other people are going to do the same thing, I think Horizon Forbidden West should should be the winner here. I mean, it, I think that just like we talked about with best role playing, I could see another pity vote come through, so to speak, because God of War, there's a good chance will run away. It's not God of War's nominated in ten categories, I believe. So. Yeah it's going to run away with quite a few because especially it's got, it's got recency bias on its side, along with brand power, along with being one of the best flipping games on the planet. Um, so it, you start looking for places where you give. So, I mean, I could see, I could see Plague Tale or Horizon Forbidden West busting through with this one. Uh, I, my, my head says God of War. My heart says Horizon a, Forbidden West. There's not enough traversal, you know, in God of War Ragnarok. You know, there's there's too much of that linear kind of cinematic kind of, you know, traversal. Uh, I don't know, man. But I, 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 I would want to, I would vote Horizon Forbidden West at least. I, I'm kind of in the same boat. My, my heart wants Horizon because I just feel that it's unfortunate that it came out of the same year or timeline wise as you know god of war ragnarok because it's just so well done but it just got overshadowed by god of war with recency and stuff um but god of war still just one of the best games i've ever played um so my head says ragnarok but my heart i i would love it for horizon to to win a award <laughs> I want them to win a award, please. I feel bad that you can be nominated it. for seven awards, and there's a good chance you won't win a single one. That yeah, is bonkers. It's, it's so heartbreaking because the horizon is so well done. So if I were choosing, the fact that God of War and Horizon both give all these like audio cues about puzzle solving, that kind of kills it for me. I'd rather pick Stray over both of those. <laughs> How about that? I'm not. That really is his hot take. I would pick Tunic, but I'm telling you, I'd rather pick Stray over those because at least, at least the cat ain't like giving you the 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 answer to <laughs> the clues, you know. Kitty just go meow. <laughs> Kitty just go meow. You understand it? Nope. Figure it out. That's the puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> What's the cat say? <laughs> best action game for the best game in the action genre focused primarily on combat. We got Bayonetta 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Neon White, Sifu, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Gentlemen, who will take this one? Tell us, Noah. Feel really weird saying this, but I I think Call of Duty's gonna win it. The the mm. gameplay and just the movement, uh, everything that you think of, you know, when you think of an action game, movement, gameplay, combat, all of it just it kills it in such a good way. It's all responsive, intuitive, uh, smooth. I I haven't played Call of Duty in 
quite a few years. Um, but this has kind of got me back into that wanting to play just because it's that good of an action game. So I, I feel so weird saying that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Call of Duty's got it this year. I I can affirm it because he's messaged me several times asking, "Hey, you need a fill?" <laughs> yeah. Um. Be beyond that. Um. I don't think Bayonetta three ends up getting it just because I think it was too divisive. With a lot of critics, uh, with at least the the ending. I would love to see either Sifu or Ninja Turtles walk away with this one. Because both are just great representations of what they are in the genre. Sifu, just very unique game. Uh, Ninja Turtles is just a very well done. If you're if you say just action game, that's literally what the Ninja Turtles game Shredder's Revenge is. I mean, if you boil it down to what this game is, it's an action game. Uh, Sifu, yeah, there's some other stuff in it. It's an action game. Uh, I just, I just, both of those games are just really fun, and, and I like both of those. So I'd love to see either of those walk away with it. Um, I think I mean, Sifu's the better of the two between Shredder's Revenge and it. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't been hearing much about Bayonetta three in terms of. It's reception post launch, uh, nothing really on combat and things like that. It's just it sounds like it's it's more Bayonetta three and it's good overall, which that's it's great. Lie <laughs> is good. It's nominated, obviously. Modern Warfare two. I'm in the same boat as you with Modern Warfare two, Noah. Um, in terms of like, yeah, I'll, just, I'll play some more Call of Duty. Like I've actually felt urges to play <laughs> Call of Duty, uh, Modern Warfare two. Um. So uh, that means something. They're they're doing something right. Um, considering I haven't played multiplayer since Black Ops Two, really. And Neon White, I just haven't played it, and I haven't really seen much of it. I've heard it's fantastic, though. I've heard it's fantastic, um, and it's probably one of those games that would itch my desire to top leaderboards and things like that. But Sifu, oh, it's just so dang good. It's so unique. It is It is the uh, fantastic representation, unique representation of what you can do in the beat-em-up action brawler genre. Um, such a fantastic idea. Um, so I hope Sifu wins it. And I am going to say Sifu will win it. Actually, that's fair. <laughs> that's it's it's hard going up against the juggernaut like Call of Duty, but uh, yeah, seafood was just too good. <laughs> best VR and AR for the best game experience play- playable in virtual or augmented reality, irrespective of platform. We got After the Fall, Among Us VR. Bone Lab, Moss Book 2, and Red Matter 2. I have zero experience in VR. So, David, start us off. VR, 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 VR. Um, Between all of these, I think Moss Book 2 deserves it. 
I never hear anybody who's played the Moss games not like those games. Just this this wonderful little puzzle game of directing this mouse through these different environments and whatnot. And it's now available like three different ways. You can get it for PSVR. You can get it on the Oculus Quest. You can get it on Steam. Uh, it, it's got that brand appeal we keep talking about where it's everywhere and lots of people have touched it. Uh, Among Us, I could see winning just for the sheer, once again, we keep talking about brand power. Among Us is a big name. Uh, but as far as the game, I think that actually deserves it. Moss Book 2 is just a fantastic one. And I think I said this in our when we were talking about the nominees. I really need to play Red Matter because I've heard I've re- the, the aesthetic looks awesome. I really want to try that out. I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as Anthony, where I, I have no uh, experience or <laughs> knowledge uh, about the VR genre, AR genre. Um, I'm kind of going by just off of what I, you know, hear the most talked about and, you know, word spread and stuff like that. And I, I think Moss is, you just, you hear nothing but wonderful and great things. Um, so that's who I, I think we'll probably take it. Among Us could very well steal it, just being Among Us, <laughs> um, kind of having that name on there. Uh, so we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if Moss, just because, you know, like he said, you hear nothing but positive, no bad things. So that's one more. We'll definitely be curious to see who takes on. If Among Us in VR isn't in a first-person perspective, uh, if it's just Among Us and you're wearing a headset, like, okay. <laughs> I think it's actually first-person. Is it? Okay, well then, okay. all right, <laughs> then we might have a chance. Innovation in accessibility. This is recognizing software and or hardware that is pushing the medium forward by adding features, technology, and content to help games be played and enjoyed by an even wider audience. Our choices are As Dusk Falls, God of War Ragnarok, Return to Monkey Island, The Last of Us Part 1, and The Quarry. Gentlemen, who will take this? Now, as, 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 as three guys who have zero problems with accessibility, obviously, <laughs> we don't have full perspective of this, but at least based on available options... As from our perspective, who do you think will take this? I I probably go with either Ragnarok or Last of Us Part One, um, mostly because Sony uh, interacted with them kind of, but it kind of their forefront uh, on accessibility. And um, I just recently, you know, played Ragnarok, and there's so many different features and toggles and adjustments that you can make that. You know, like you said, with us having very limited perspective on how, you know, well it's implemented and functional, uh, just going by off of that, I I would say it's Ragnarok, just from personal, you know, experience seeing what's available. Um, so I'm sure the other ones are all equally, um, you know, worthy. They're nominated, of course, but uh, we'll see. I, I would like to see, and I'll... Hopefully, whoever wins, they kind of give an in-depth, you know, on all the stuff that they showcase in their games. But I, with my limited um, knowledge, I'll I will just go with Ragnarok. 
Yeah, I think I think Ragnarok. This is one of those auto gets <laughs> because they did they did a whole lot with working with it. like their whole previews were based around accessibility. So they they went overboard in trying to make sure. Uh, I, I think Last of Us probably did a lot of the same things, but God of War has the notoriety of doing those things. So I, I very much could see it going to Ragnarok. As Just Falls was published by Xbox Game Studio, so I imagine they did a lot of work with the accessibility community. I hate using the word community, but for lack of a better way to put it, the accessibility community, because uh, Microsoft has been also tr- trying to do a lot of stuff in that realm as well. So, But yeah, uh, based on what I've heard, God of War Ragnarok implements some things, and they implement it, and it's useful. So that that's helpful. I, the one thing I do like about this award in general, like this is one of those awards that actually has purpose because anybody who wins it, or at least any of the nominees who are legitimate nominees in a category like this, that's the standard now. You know, like if you're not, if you if you want to end implement accessibility like look at these games and go okay this is what we need to do and then you go out and you know seek help in those areas as well so that way you can implement them with purpose and and efficiency so uh, i really do like this award um i'm glad i'm glad this one exists in particular because now you're really seeing these things and uh you know highlighting some uh useful things and they're only going to get better like each year it's only going to get better because like you that's, said there's a new standard yeah. a new bar so it's just like hey this is what you gotta get you know achieve and then go beyond so yeah it's very very good very good agreed best community support this one's actually sponsored by discord don't know what that means though recognizing a game for outstanding community support transparency and responsiveness inclusive of social media activity and game updates and patches. God, we live in an age now where game updates and patches is something you applaud. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. Who will take this one? I'd love to see No Man's Sky get it. I mean... The story behind that studio is just incredible. I mean, they were so hyped. I I remember walking out of my GameStop, locking the doors and having two kids sitting there asking me, are you guys not staying open so we can get No Man's Sky? I think we added like 75% of our pre-orders like two weeks before the game actually came out. And it came out and flopped hard. Not necessarily because it wasn't a good game, but what was there was not what was promised. And we are so far past what was promised now. I mean, this game is huge. There's so much to do in it. It's fully playable in VR. It's coming to PSVR 2. Like, the absolute turnaround of this is not just the game this was hyped this is bigger than the game that was hyped is great to see, especially after how hard they fell on their face. And and to me, that's the definition of best community support. Well, 
I would say No Man's Sky is where it probably should have been at launch at this point. And now, probably from this point on, now they are uh, adding things. Because, you know, I think with their last update, like it was like multiplayer. Like, you know, it's just like, oh, okay. Like the, the these things were said very early on before the game came out too. So they've, they've gotten to the point where I think they've covered everything that they have talked about before the game came out. So in that regard, I'm not going to ignore the fact that game development is difficult and expectations, especially in a, a company back or, you know, a publisher like Sony, like expectations are what they are for that business. But I'm not, I'm not going to, award and applaud a game that has been doing what it's supposed to do to get it to where it's was supposed to be when it was launched i'm going to go for something that was more uh complete and uh more so needs balance balancing things and whatnot that stuff is always changing and difficult so it's between Apex, Destiny 2, and Fortnite for me, only because I don't know much of anything about Final Fantasy XIV. I've heard good things, and I don't know much about it. But um, I think Apex should take it. Um, it's just been a strong game from top to bottom. It's had its issues, but when you have competitive games like this, um, it's, it's hard to balance everything. And I recognize that as one who has played competitive games for a long time. So, um, the fact that they are ready to listen, ready to tweak things, adding things that people want, uh, adding things that people didn't know that they wanted, that, that matters. Um, I think they've been doing a great job. Destiny 2 is right there, um, but they, they still can't get their PvP together, so I don't, I don't know what's going on with that. So, um, Fortnite. Yeah, Twitter, yeah, don't go on Twitter right now, the Destiny community. <laughs> Just well, I mean, they're looking. They're very much looking forward to Lightfall. But I, I was looking at it uh, earlier this morning, and I was like, "Frick, man, y'all are like the most supportive, and yet y'all will like blast the crap out of Bungie. Like, but y'all would ride or die with them. It is so it's, fascinating it, to watch them flame the frick out of Bungie and be like, "I'm going to get Lightfall." Like openly at least it's not the call of duty community who hates literally everything even if it's like we did what you said yeah but i hate it yeah (laughs) destiny destiny fans we're a weird weird group of people we we hate the game so much but we we still play it more than any other game (laughs) and we still yeah uh it's still our favorite game but we hate every aspect about it um but surprisingly that's not what i think will be best support um david i everybody loves you know the feel good the cinderella story you know everyone loves it um it's not happening with this one <laughs> um, final fantasy's taking this one uh the amount of support and just closeness that the community has with its devs and the amount of you know events you know themes that you know inspire facts that they do crossover events in game events with the developers um, I don't think anything touches it uh, in terms of community support, in my hot-take opinion. So, we'll, uh, when we come back, and I'm wrong, and I'll laugh at me, so it's all good. No, I, I'm glad you got that perspective on Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV. I, I don't have much on it. I, again, I've heard good things, but 
it's it's kind yeah. of that um that club that you you hear about and then once you like you get into that cool kids club you're like oh man i should have been here years ago um, but it's so isolated it's the the cool club that nobody talks about unless you're in it it's not bike club well to be fair that is that, those are usually the best clubs so yeah <laughs> final fantasy 14's got got something to it all right best mobile game for the best game playable on a mobile device pretty straightforward apex legends mobile Diablo Immortal, Genshin Impact, Marvel Snap, and Tower of Fantasy. I'm saying Marvel Snap should take it. Period. Like I know Genshin Impact is a all is always a strong contender in the mobile space. Uh, Apex Legends I've heard is doing well. Diablo Immortal shouldn't even be on this list, and I don't know anything about Tower of Fantasy. But dang, Marvel Snap is freaking good. It is good. That game, it's so solid. It just works out the gate. The matches are three minutes. It's not predatory. It's fantastic. It's a really good game. Like, it's really good. Yeah, Go ahead, I, Noah. That's all I, I have nothing to, to say on it, so Marvel Snap. <laughs> I, I think Marvel Snap should take it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if Genshin just with the mass majority of players who are, you know, dumping loads of money into that franchise. Um, Apex Legends, it's solid. Diablo Moro, agree with you. It, it shouldn't be here. Um, Tower of Fantasy, from what I've heard, it's kind of similar to Genshin in gameplay and style and stuff. Um, so we'll see the I'm going to say Genshin just to, again, beat the odd man out. All right. Best indie. Just flat out. Not best debut indie. Best indie. For outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside the traditional publisher system. Is that how we define indie now? (laughs) Made outside the traditional publisher system. All right. Cult of the Lamb. Neon White. Sifu, Stray, and Tunic. Oh, this one's hot. <laughs> this one's packed yeah. full of people who could take it away. Um, Kitty cat game to go in there. <laughs> no, it's going to be Tunic. <laughs> it's going to, no, it's just going to be Tunic. Don't worry about it. Sifu. <laughs> Sifu. 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 I've heard Cult of the Lamb is fantastic. Uh, again, Neon White, I've heard great things about it. God, I got to give respect to the game that does its genre differently, and that is Sifu. There's no other brawler beat em up like Sifu. It is well done, it is solid. It, I, it, it's just so good and i know people talk about the difficulty and things like that i, I mean elden ring is difficult <laughs> like all the yeah. there's difficult games out there it just may not be your type of difficulty but oh uh, to me best game should always be in in this kind of category the best game should be the one that does its genre the best or or so unique and well 
at the same time. Sifu is that game. I've already explained myself. Kitty cat game. Like, it's just so good. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a tunic boy. <laughs> tunic boy, team tunic. So I don't... <laughs> I don't have anything else to say about the other ones. I have. Y'all, 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 y'all be terrible on a debate team. Get out of here. Oh my gosh. Y'all just, there is no debate. Go for it's my team's Cutie, going. She's got a shield and a sword. Uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a fox. All right. That's fair. All right. Tunic is really good, though. <laughs> the game is fantastic. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be bad if Tunic won that. Best ongoing. Awarded to a game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. So we got mostly uh, the same games as the previous category. That is uh, Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, and Genshin Impact. So that was the best ongoing game. No, I'm going to guess yours is going to be Final Fantasy 14. You'd be right. You'd be right. I mean, I mean you're driving Yes. I, I mean, Genjin just content-wise, they're just throwing content in that game. Fortnite, they have so many skins. It's it's just kind of crazy, um, and the updates and stuff are really good for that too. But uh, Destiny Two, we're recruiting. It's life all is coming around the corner. We'll be okay. Uh, we just have to survive <laughs> until then. Um, Apex, it's solid as a VR. In my opinion, uh, would definitely like some more maps to that one, but that's just personal uh, opinion. But yeah, Final Fantasy, I think content, community, just everything about the game just keeps going. Uh, I think it checks on the boxes. So that's that's what I think. David? So I, I'm actually going to think, I'm going to say Destiny 2 should win this one. Only because the it says ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. And as wonky as Destiny 2 can be at times, there's no question they evolve that game all the time. Um, minus the PvP. But they evolve that game. Um, maybe sometimes in ways that people don't like, but they they try things, they switch things, they totally swap out solar systems, they <laughs> galaxies, they they do all kinds of stuff um that changes um the experience to a degree. Um and and I think the storyline drives that a lot too. I mean, you got this lifefall coming out, it's very cyberpunky. Who would have thought Destiny 2 would have ever gone a, you know, cyberpunk route? I don't think anybody could have predicted that. Uh, not for an expansion I mean, called Lightfall. So, not me. No. So, um, so I, you know, I, I give it to Bungie. They, they do some weird things, but they are very good at evolving things and keeping people interested. Um, in the process. Yes. And it's mainly a game that is just so huge. Fortnite. <laughs> they, the fact that they just keep yeah. busting it with partnership after partnership after partnership. I know they don't get the same views that they used to. Uh, Warzone and Apex are both like killing it when it comes to 
all the, the, the Twitch following and stuff like that. But if we're talking about consistency, for there's nothing that has been as consistent as Fortnite. Uh, like it, it hit that one lull when Apex Legends came out. And I think that was more because Fortnite was in at the end of a season more than it was Apex was just so much better uh, because Fortnite just came around and just rebounded right away. So is it the same juggernaut that it used to be? I don't think so. But you can't say gameplay-wise they aren't constantly finding ways to change how you play Fortnite. I mean, no build mode, I believe, was this year. Uh to really flip that I, I know that's a really silly way of the, oh you made it a shooter yeah but it's never <laughs> been just a straight up shooter before yeah so and people don't realize as a dev i mean you take out building you have to figure out how you're progressing a meta <laughs> yeah. so especially a a meta that has been established in this game since it launched so They've done that. They've managed to add all these different mechanics into it. It's just, it's impressive that a game can do this. And not only can it do this, this game does it like every couple of weeks, it feels like, is changing how you play Fortnite. Uh, not a lot of teams could do that. And and the team over at Epic is, uh, they may never do another game the way they've done Fortnite. But man, was Fortnite not worth every penny they've dropped into it? One hundred percent. They'll just live off Fortnite. I mean, and it was it was about to be canceled by dude, and then he got sent over to Microsoft Game Studios to head up Gears. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Fortnite's right now sits in the twelfth spot on Twitch, and that's behind Pokemon, which that'll drop off in about two weeks. Overwatch, that'll drop off in about two weeks. Ark, I don't even know why it's high up there right now. I guess there's there's probably something happening in that game. So Overwatch will probably uh, get a jump, actually, because the new season's around the corner. It'll get a jump, but it, it'll last for two weeks, and then it'll fall <laughs> off. And, uh, and then you got you know just chatting. Okay, Apex Legends. I think there's a tournament happening because it's at 208. That, that would explain 200 <laughs> whatever yeah. thousand views. <laughs> yeah. Grand Theft Auto, uh, Warzone, that just came out. So it, it's it's knocking and it's going to continue knocking. Valorant, that continues to knock. And then World of Warcraft got its Dragonfly expansion. So that, that's buzzing. And then League of Legends is always going to be top five. You got the music category. And then after that, Pokemon, Overwatch 2, and Ark. So, I mean, Fortnite's going to bounce anywhere between 1 and 7, you know? Yeah. So It's, it's, just, it's just always there, though. That's the yeah, thing, is it, everything right. else drops off. Fortnite doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's consistent. <laughs> Besides Apex, GTA, uh, Warzone, Valorant, World of Warcraft is going to stay up there for a long time now. Uh, yeah. And League of Legends, like, those games, they're never going to move same with Fortnite. it's in that category it's just never going to move um so by the way modern warfare 2 is right behind Fortnite, right so like call of duty is just there and kicking but i for years usually i am still baffled to this day that Fortnite never won a game of the year award like i am genuinely baffled 
by that considering everything Fortnite has done how it changed uh how the, what it's the done for the industry is amazing model, it's yeah, changed it, the business they, model it, yeah, they do like yeah, go ahead no, I was uh, it 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 put BRs on the map in a way uh player unknowns battlegrounds didn't uh it literally became a social platform for a lot of people for a long time still kind of is in ways there were con- got there all concerts those... that happened in it <laughs> that's what i'm saying they they were the first to do these in-game events which bungie picked up with destiny 2 they started doing that um they've done so many different things that yep. other people have copped off of and nobody yep. has at any point <laughs> ever considered this game for game of the year I it mean, is robbery for them but they're they the don't reason they got their money exists in this industry <laughs> sony was like no crossplay oh Fortnite, yeah yeah and then, sure well, they on. turned it on for a couple of hours to show it would work yeah <laughs> that was actually at a game awards i think like it actually happened and then they were asking him about it <laughs> well, uh, yeah i don't remember that but yeah you're probably right about I, that i think that so, was when uh, what's his face went off about the oscars it was the same night oh yeah <laughs> that's awesome so yeah i mean fortnite yeah that that should have been game of the year a long time ago but it would never be because it's a multiplayer game that's just what it is well but, it's uh, also still in beta probably so <laughs> technically uh early access i i'm hoping that you pay money for it if we can review it it should be nominated for game. you know jeez I, if, I'm if, really hoping if that that's the case, then no, none of these awards should matter. Sorry, Doug. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I, I just like how they always have these like awards and these, um, you know, for actors who have like dedicated their careers to acting, you know, the like legacy awards, you know, for actors who have just such good work for so long. I'm hoping that at some point Fortnite gets that, you know, yeah. like a legacy or industry defining game. Because things just completely changed, you know. Work I worked at, you know, GameStop. Everything once Fortnite, you know, picked up, nothing had sixty dollars season passes. You know, yes. you have people like, "What's that?" Games used to have sixty dollars season passes. Now, mm-hmm. no, it's a ten dollars battle pass. And games used to, you know, content wise, you might hear from them and get a content drop twice a year. Now it's every couple of weeks or every couple of months in new season. You know, it, it just it changed the industry for the better, and it used to always get memed on, laughed at, joked about. But it, and I would always tell people like, this game has done so much for the industry. It's it's incredible. Well, the community side too, kind of like what you're talking about. Like you know, we almost we only heard from studios every once in a while, and now Fortnite almost made it where it's like okay you have to talk to people constantly uh mm. because they under it, it's what's insane is they kind of created the live service space we're living in today but they also built the rule book at the same time and somehow did it right right away like with talking about with with talking to people with with being communicative about these updates and everything like that like it's it's incredible that they somehow could manage this humongous entity the right way right away <laughs> yeah usually you know when they're creating something as big as it's usually 
you know, with it being so into the unknown, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to you know, do the wrong decision and then have to, you know, backtrack and fix it. But as far as I know and have read and seen, like, it's been, they might not be batting a thousand, but they are pretty close to it. It, it always makes me laugh. It's kind of like, what I what I tell people as a drummer is like, you know what? I'm not the best drummer in the world, but if I make a mistake, you very rarely know I did. And that's kind of what Fortnite feels like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very true. Don't like this? Wait yep. two weeks. We'll have a new update. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We got you. We got you. It's nice. Yeah, we got to live with this forever. Two hours. Just close the game out and we'll have it fixed. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fast. All right, games for impact. This is for a thought-provoking game with a pro-social meaning or message. So uh, we got six on this one. This is a memoir, Blue, As Dusk Falls, Citizen Sleeper, Endling, Extinction is Forever, Hindsight, and I Was a Teenage Exocolonist. I always want to say Exoconoclast. (laughs) Exocolonist. What we got for this one? I I don't know too much about these. Um, I know a desk as desk talk if I can talk. Um, very well impactful. Um, that's about the only one that I've heard of. <laughs> so I, I don't have a lot to uh, commentate on. So I'm just going to go with as desk falls and do the do the the safe pick. All right. Yeah, I. Uh... I had a memoir blue uh downloaded on my Xbox and I just never got to playing it, so I need to need to re-download it and play it. I reviewed Endling Extinction is Forever. I don't think it hits the the message quite the way they want it to hit. Though I, I do respect the attempt. Um I've heard good things about S Dusk Falls and Citizen Sleeper, but I don't know too much about them. I don't know anything about hindsight and I was a teenage ex colonist. So um, my gut says citizen sleeper is going to win this because what I've heard from it uh, as far as uh, people saying how good it is, like that's the game is like that. That's a really good game. So um, citizen sleeper is the one I think is going to win. I'm right there with you. I've heard so many. I'm very sad because I've not touched any of these games. I just haven't had the time to, but I've heard phenomenal stuff about Citizen Sleeper. So if I I had to pick one that I think would win, I could very much see uh, Citizen Sleeper pulling that one out. All right. Best performance awarded to an individual for voice over acting. Let me read that. Again, for voiceover acting, not voice over acting, <laughs> motion and or performance capture. So we got Horizon Forbidden West, A Plague Tale Requiem. Actually, we got Ashley Birch for Horizon Forbidden West. We got Charlotte McBurney for A Plague Tale Requiem. Christopher Judge for God of War Ragnarok. Uh, Man and Gage. I hope I'm pronouncing <laughs> that right for Immortality and Sunny Soljic. For God of War Ragnarok. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that one correctly. But those are the options. Who do we think is going to take this one? Big Chris, man. 
big yeah. Chris, man. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Judge is I I I've loved him for a very long time. Uh and he does, he does a good does he, good Kratos. Yeah. He like he, the biggest thing with him, people forget he had to take over for someone who did a fantastic Kratos in the first God of Wars. Like I, I forget the actual name. I think it was TC something. I can't remember the last name. But he did a great job with the whole rage filled Kratos. And Christopher Judge had to come in and not only live up to that performance, but had to change what Kratos was in this series. Like Kratos is is his journey from rage filled god demigod to what he is now is there because of what Christopher Judge has done. Not to mention, God of War is a one-shot a one-shot game. Meaning all of the performances have to be done perfectly. Because it, the camera never moves from Kratos. It is always there with him and his son. So the fact that Christopher Judge is able to put these performances in and he was doing it on a bum knee, which that's part of why the game ended up actually getting delayed, is what he said, was because of his health. Uh, it's just incredible. I, I can't say enough about, you know, Judge and his Kratos. For, for someone who, you know, he doesn't talk a lot or express a lot you know in his voice and dialogue a lot of his expression is through his face and his eyes and just little things he done such an incredible job but i i can't give it to chris because sonny uh not going into you know spoilers or anything but a lot was asked for him in ragnarok a lot was asked out of this kid and I think he stepped up to the plate and knocked it out of the park in every aspect. Um, you know, being on par with someone as talented as Judge is, being able to stick with him and at some points carry scenes just with him as young as he is, I, I think is catalyst for giving him that award. He, that kid deserves it. <laughs> I I definitely hope he stays in the industry because I, I think we need to see more of him. That's fair. Um, yeah, I think, you know, if you go to the Game Awards website and you go to the best performance category and you look at Ashley Birch's face, that is just the face of... Uh, you know, I'm not winning this. This is probably going to go to Christopher Judge. Uh, you uh, uh, you might be able to say a lot of things about the gameplay in God of War Ragnarok. Maybe it's it's not what you think it should be, but there's no denying that performance by Christopher Judge. It's good. It's very good. Um, so yeah, I think I'm just gonna reiterate though. Like I did two weeks ago. Still mad that nobody from Water Warfare 2 is on this list. I think totally that's, agree. That's yeah. I don't know why. I don't know if it's Call of Duty hate, but um Well, you and I both have talked about uh Alejandro Vargas, like such a performance mm-hmm. by Elaine so Mesa, I believe. Uh and oh my gosh, like 
like you said, how how do you miss him? I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't have know. a sixth, you know, nominee in this category. I don't know. You probably wouldn't win anyway, but you know, <laughs> you get your flowers from Gaming Trend, bro. Oh get yeah, flowers. Uh, but no, Christopher Judge does it fantastic, Kratos. So like, if he wins, he deserves to win. Um, so. Boy, <laughs> forever imprinted in everybody's. Yeah. <laughs> Best audio design, recognizing the best in-game audio and sound design. We got Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Gran Turismo 7, and Horizon Forbidden West. Gentlemen, this one might be a little more tricky. Who do you think will take it? I'm going to go with Horizon. Um, Just the sound cues enemy audio uh, even just the different weaponry audio whenever you're playing the different sounds music everything just it, it all works so well to immerse you into the world um, and i i would like to say um ragnarok but you know i feel like it's nominated a little too many categories so i would love to <laughs> To let at least Horizon win something, <laughs> that game needs something. So I'm gonna. It's gonna be my sleeper pick. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is where this is where Horizon Forbidden West gets the pity vote. Like I, I don't even <laughs> think it'll get it under Best Action Adventure. It'll get it here. Yeah, uh, it this is where something. they get. This is where they actually win the pity vote. Uh, part, and I say it is pity vote, but honestly, like, and this is coming from someone who hasn't had the time to sit down with God of War Ragnarok yet. But I mean, when I play Horizon, I I know what a robot dinosaur sounds like. It sounds <laughs> like Hori- what Horizon has presented it to me as. It, it, when you become the standard for what something is in audio design, you've done a great job. And I know that technically they did it in Horizon Zero Dawn, but they just continued it into Horizon Forbidden West because there are so many more robots that they've had to design into this. And the fact that you've managed to give, uh, not to mention just all the world in general, but the fact that you've managed to find new ways to make these different robots sound and give them good sound and make it sound good. Uh, that that's impressive to me. Like uh, you can hear a sound and you know what creature is around you, but even if it's behind you, it's <laughs> good. Yeah, as as it should. <clears throat> I think oh, this one's tough. I don't know who's going to win this one. Um, Modern Warfare Two has fantastic sounds, top to bottom. Um, ignoring the uh, glitchy, loud footsteps <laughs> that were at the beginning of the game. Other than that, I mean, guns are punchy, uh, voice acting, I mean, all that stuff. Like, it's just very good quality. Everything. Very good. Elden Ring is interesting to me. Um, it sounds good. I think the atmospheric sound effects in that game, really good. Yeah. There are some other sound effects, though. I feel like I'm like, I've. I swear I've heard some of these sound effects in Soul Calibur. <laughs> like I just like I I am reliving some of these. It's like the Wilhelm effects. scream. 
like, yes. like, I feel like I've heard this. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> I swear these are repurposed. Um, <laughs> so caliber sounds, but uh, I could, I could be wrong, but I played a lot of Soul Caliber. But um, yeah, if that's the case, eh, not really feeling that idea. Haven't played God of War Ragnarok, uh, so I, I don't know what that sounds like. If, if it's anything based off what I've heard of God of War, sounds like you're playing a movie. That's not yeah, bad. It, it hits all the <laughs> notes, but Horizon just does it better. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, haven't, haven't played that one yet, so I am curious. Maybe just probably just listen to that game and just let the sounds wash over me. But I who who's going to win it? My gut says Elden Ring is going to win it. So I'm gonna pick Elden Ring. Best score and music for Which, outstanding music inclusive. Quick, uh, uh, okay. On audio design, I don't feel like I'd be mad at any of those winning it like i think all of them are well deserving i i just wanted to bring that including up including <laughs> gran turismo yeah i know yeah. we didn't mention much of anything about it but sounds good keep in mind those all the new audio technology that these games are taking advantage of that the previous games did not which makes it even better and they utilize it well it's not hyper glitchy or anything like that i think that's what's impressive too like this new technology and it's implemented well David might not be mad, but I'm going to be real mad if Horizon doesn't. <laughs> I'll be the angry one in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> Throws These his people. popcorn at the screen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, this is because like, that was twenty dollars. <laughs> like, we haven't even got to game of the year yet. I don't care. <laughs> this, this is my category. Yeah. <laughs> Best score in music for outstanding music, inclusive of score, original song, and or licensed soundtrack. Oh, they're including licensed soundtracks in this. Okay. A Plague Tale, Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Metal Hellsinger, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. So I'm just going to go off the bat and say a lot of these people who have listened or have played video games don't actually know the soundtracks. Because I'm like the same, basically like almost game of the year games all have the best soundtrack. There's so many good soundtracks in other games. Yep. Not to say something like God of War Ragnarok isn't good because I know the music is fitting for the game. The first soundtrack is very good, but I would never consider that my favorite soundtrack. Um, But, so I find this category a little interesting. I think Metal Hellsinger is going to win it, though, because of how it impacts the gameplay. I think that's unique, and I think uh, it will take it because of that. I've heard Xenoblade Chronicles 3s is really good. I, I honestly need to give it a listen. I'm about to go on a trip tomorrow, so I probably should should do that. Um, good. That being good. said, uh, God of War Ragnaroks is so good. Uh, Bear McCreary knocks it out of the park. I listened to the entire soundtrack on my way to pick up God of War Ragnarok, and uh, it's just so good. Um, I will say, last, for instance, last year to me, there was a very clear front runner, and that was 
the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. Yeah. Because that was like you're talking about impact. They literally created a band <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and wrote t- a 10 song album. And it's yeah. not just that they did that. That album is a banger. And I like I rediscovered it the other day. and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so good. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I, I, I would like to see something like Metal Hellsinger pulling that off for like you said, that it's more impactful. It's not necessarily just which God of War's soundtrack is very impactful behind the game yes absolutely but in the sense of impacting the game itself like it, it is really cool something like metal hell singer where it's a rhythm based game and you have to nail the soundtrack for the game to work like literally yeah. have to nail that <laughs> yeah it it's so unfortunate that uh metal hell singer you know came out at the same time as ragnarok because <laughs> as deserving as it is ragnarok's gonna take it uh mccreary just impeccable work it's so good i and there is recency bias i'll say it i just beat the game earlier this you know i just beat it so there's going to be bias and i will continue to ride that bias through the nominations and through the awards so as deserving as you know metal hell serious ragnarok is going to take it um I, I'm kind of surprised, though, with Metal Hellsinger that it wasn't in the audio design category because I feel the implementation of them with the music into the gameplay, I think that deserved a nomination. But I could be completely wrong. I, I feel like they, they're almost in the wrong category. Or they should have been in both. Let me rephrase that. They should have been in both. I think the the distinction there with Metal Hellsinger is you have to include all the other sound effects included with that game, and those may not be uh, that great. Um, that could have been what kept it out. Like. Possibly, I don't know. Um, but uh, you know, if if you're gonna ride the whole recency bias with God of War, I curse your nomination of horizon for best audio design. All right. I'm just making, <laughs> I hope it doesn't win. It's got to win. So I'm giving it's the pity vote. It's got to win something. Yeah, well, so does metal hell singer. Okay. The, you do something well, it needs its flowers. Okay. <laughs> all right. Four left. Best art direction for outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. So we got Elden Ring. We have God of War Ragnarok. We have Horizon Forbidden West. We have Scorn. And we have Stray. Gentlemen, who do you think will win Outstanding Creative or Technical Achievement in Artistic Design and Animation? There's no pity vote here. Horizon deserves it 100%. How the crap mm. does that game look that good? on both systems it is a cross-gen game and it's the best looking cross-gen game that like like, it's better looking than some games we've gotten this year that are not (laughs) cross-gen and to me it's it there's just nothing out there that matches the fit which these are the guys that made kill zone we know that if there's one category that they are almost always going to nail it is going to be that the game looks visually stunning and horizon forbidden West. You're playing that on a PS five 
on a 4K television. Uh, I, I remember Noah and I having a conversation when they released the first gameplay trailer. I watched it on my phone. I was like, man, this looks so good. Then I went and watched it on 4K on my TV and almost fell off my bed. It looks so good. Like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, how how in the world does this look like this? And it looks like that when you're playing it on a PlayStation 5. So it's it's I mean, not to mention we, we already talked about the robot dinosaurs. They're animated so well, like the attacks, everything that's done in it. It's just so good. This one's tough. Um, recency bias aside. Um, this one's tough. Stray, I think, is probably one of the weaker ones. Scorn just scares me, so I'm just going to skip that one. Scorn uh, is just gross. <laughs> Scorn is gross, <laughs> and that's probably why it, <laughs> it was nominated. Like, so I'm just going to skip that one. Uh, Elden Ring, just the entire visuals of that game is spectacular. Um, Ragnarok, they kill it. Uh, Horizon Day, we talked about it. Like, I remember you being like, Don't watch this on your phone, wait till you get to a TV <laughs> to watch it. Like, don't because I was sitting there with, I was like, Oh, it just got locked, you know, reveal. He's like, Wait, you know, so <laughs> you have to put respect where it's due. Um, but I, I think if I have to pick one, I, I think Elden Ring, uh, you know. For for a moment, I'm setting recency bias aside. I'll probably come right back in the next category. But for now, uh, I'm going to go with Elden Ring. Just I like the art style that they've done. I think the direction that they took the entire game visually was an outstanding move. So they get my vote. Um, I think Horizon would uh. Would get my vote. Because along with what David was saying. To do that. Plus it being an open world game. Is really impressive. Because open world games are traditionally more CPU intensive. Which means that's going to take away from graphical fidelity. And yet. Horizon Forbidden West. Seems to be able to continue to have that on both platforms. That's that's the, the thing. It's on both platforms. It, lo- it looks good on both. So the fact that they were able to adjust and cut corners in, 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 in ways to keep things looking nice on the PlayStation 4 is smart on their part. Uh, what, they did whatever they needed to do with the base of that coding <laughs> in order to make sure that, uh, you know, they could, not even just the coding, just even, you know, model creation and all that stuff. Um, in order to make sure it looked good on both platforms. Uh, so cultural appropriation aside, um, Horizon Forbidden West, I think should win it. I think it should. Um, I think Elden Ring actually might take it though. <laughs> <laughs> um, because in a lot of ways it does the same thing as Forbidden West, just except on current gen. So Horizon Forbidden West should take it, but I think I think uh the enamoration with Elden Ring will win over and take it. Or you know, scorn might. Who knows? 
cream in the sea air that beautifully disgusting. <laughs> I don't think um, there's anything beautiful about the disgusting. <laughs> well, it's like so disgusting, it's almost impressive. <laughs> like that's the, that's, that's there you I go. Mean. That's a better way of saying. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. It. <laughs> like this is really impressive. It's so disgusting. Best narrative category: three out of one left. Uh, this is for outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. All right. We got a Plague Tale Requiem. We have Elden Ring. We have God of War Ragnarok. Horizon Forbidden West. And Immortality. What is going to win outstanding storytelling and narrative development? I'm about to get really boring. Uh, God of War Ragnarok. Uh, we'll take that one. Uh, I, I, Horizon could steal it. Uh, Playtale Requiem could also uh, steal it. But Elden Ring, don't think it really needs to be in there. Um, in terms of for best narrative. Uh, but yeah, I think Ragnarok, everything about that game, uh, in terms of storytelling, pacing, everything that you think of um it lands perfectly so i, I don't think there's any really, i don't know why the other games got nominated uh, to, uh, uh why are there other nominations you, uh, god of war you know, like, right, just it, it exists <laughs> so why should anybody else compete it's i i get that elden ring like is very creative with how they've formed their narrative and how you have to look into lore and all this and there's some really cool narrative bits behind everything but yeah god of war ragnarok i mean it's it's there's too much recency bias to me on that one especially considering we're talking narrative for a game that is story based and is compared to a movie like it's 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 got to wear Ragnarok I don't have a skin in the game in any of these because I haven't finished or played all of them so <laughs> Mario uh, plus rabbits <laughs> Pentiment um, honestly I would have given it to Pentiment if if Pentiment was on there because Pentiment was fantastic yeah, um, so, uh, I mean, I imagine it will go to God of War Ragnarok. Um, I don't know if the narrative is actually good. It might be good for video games. I don't know if it's actually a good story, but it'll go to God of War Ragnarok. Best Game Direction. Awarded for Outstanding Creative vision and innovation in game direction and design so we have elden ring we have god of war ragnarok horizon forbidden west immortality i feel like immortality just popped up out of nowhere <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> and straight showed up and people are like who's this yeah it's like oh it's, it's in the top categories all right which one's gonna take it best game direction this is where it gets fun. I think it goes to Elden Ring in lieu of the missing game of the year. Ooh. I, I agree. I, I'll give this one to 
Elden Ring just because Ragnarok is going to take game of the year. That's, uh, I'll let them have this one. They made it so much, you know, with this game in terms of just the open world, you know, going different. They still have like the soul's identity, but they changed so much and innovated it in so many different ways. Yeah, um, that that team always better. impresses. Mm-hmm. Except for Dark Souls 2. <laughs> um, I'm surprised you didn't go with Stray. You know, making a cat game with the cat actually feeling like a cat, you know, that I feel like that's a difficult thing to do, you know? It's already um, killed it with every indie award that exists up below. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it will be Elden Ring as... Uh, both of you mentioned to take the Soulsborne genre to make it open world, to make it slightly more multiplayer, uh, to do all those things, and to make it, um, you know, as good as it was, at least as people have received it. Shoot, I don't even like Soulsborne games, and I've played two hours of it. Okay, like that's more than any other Soulsborne game I decided to put into it because I just couldn't stand them. So, um, it's doing something right, and um. That is all from the direction it was given. So uh, hats off to From Software because, yeah, they, they decided to change. It. If, if, to me, it's akin to Mario going 3D. Like, you take a traditionally 2D game and make it 3D and you still make it work and still make it feel like Mario. It's kind of what Elden Ring feels like to me in terms of the other Soulsborne, more linear paths and, you know, all that kind of stuff and then blow it up and it's like, you can go anywhere you want and yet it still feels like a similar vibe, same difficulty, more options without being limiting. Super impressive. Super impressive. Seafood should also be on this list. All right, let's move on to the next category. <laughs> Game of the Year. Recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. So this nails everything. A Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Who will win game of the year. I, I feel like I should have brought a, a little microphone and dropped it right as I said, God of War Ragnarok. But I did. <laughs> um, so just imagine. Got my gate on. Uh, I can feel that. Yeah, yeah. It's just like <laughs> you're smacking my headset trying to make a button noise. <laughs> um, no, I, God of War Ragnarok, that, that is one of the best games I have ever played in every aspect of, you know, what makes a good game. Yeah. Narrative, gameplay, innovation, sound, everything about that game uh, just is perfect. Um, I don't know how you could give it a lesser score. It, uh, it just, it's unfortunate that, like, Elden Ring, Horizon, Stripe, like, all these had to go up against it because it's just... They they never had a chance. Um, I'll say it. They they didn't have a chance. 
Yeah, he's he's the God of War. You're not gonna win. He's been through like what this is a fifth game. Like you know, main might not include the handout, but yeah. Like come on. Yeah, yeah you've uh, it's a two horse race between Elden Ring and God of War. I won't be surprised if either wins, but I do think God of War cuts down its second game that everyone else thinks is ahead of it. Uh, last time it was Red Dead Redemption. The, the parallels are too close this year, and God of War ends up with Game of the Year. Uh, I say that as someone who hasn't gotten a chance to play it yet, but there's so much, when I look at like Twitter and all this, people are talking about how, man, this is the best game I've played in a long time. And that's happening not just between people talking about it. This is media that's talking about it that way. And everybody keeps saying, oh, no, they're not going to be that split on this. It's El- it's Elden Ring. They they were talking about it so crazy. I think Elden Ring's probably going to grab a couple other awards paving the way for God of War Ragnarok to end up walking away with it. Uh, I, I do have to say, I think everything on the list for Game of the Year, well-deserved. Uh, there are some things, yes, you could slot in some other games for, but I think that at least uh, this year we didn't have as many great games that you, or at least as many to pick from. But I do think there were quite a few that rose to the top this year uh, with with these uh, stuff like Tunic, Sifu, uh, games like that. Just all games that were just really, really well done. Uh, honestly, this year it felt like we just had a lot less mid-games, if that makes sense. They were either great or they weren't. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think this race is uh, the same as God of War versus Red Dead Redemption 2. Red Dead Redemption 2 was not that good of a game in hindsight. Uh, It was too bloated, too much just random nonsense that you could do. Uh, Story was good. Story was good. But from a gameplay perspective, you know, this way, way too trying to touch realism in a way that wasn't fruitful um, for the player base. So Elden Ring, I mean, what it has in it, um, from what I've seen, like it's supposed to. It's not fluffy. It is, everything has purpose. Everything has meaning in there. Um, and so for Elden Ring to take God of over God of War Ragnarok, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, it's, I've played some of it. Again, I haven't gotten far into it at all, but um, like I can, I can already sense why this game was so dang good. Um, and so uh, <laughs> the fact that people are still talking about it, like we can't, we can't even say recency bias against God of War. Uh, because people are still talking about Elden Ring. Um, but, yeah. Um, with that said, uh, God of War Ragnarok, uh, I think we'll take it. Um, I think Elden, honestly, I think Elden Ring should take it. Um, I think, from what I've, I've heard a lot of different things, from a lot of different places, on God of War Ragnarok, and there's a lot of it, there's a, and I mean, a lot of, hindsight discussion being had about its pacing it's uh fluff in the story some of it some of the uh things don't need to be in there 
doesn't do much to develop character and things like that. Um, there are some gameplay idiosyncrasies. I, I think people have some questions about much better than the first God of Wars, particularly in repetition and things like that. But there are still some things that feel bloated, I think might be the best way to describe it. Um, and so having her both sides was like, Oh, this is amazing. And other sides saying, ah, might, might be too bloated actually. Um, I think there's room for Elden ring to take it, but at the end of the day, um, I think God of war will win. So we'll see what happens guys. You guys (laughs) will be watching in IMAX, I will be catching up after work on some of that <laughs> stuff, but I will be able to watch at least the top five categories for sure. Um, but this is going to be interesting. We're going to have all fun. those things, and we're going to recap the week after. Which I, yeah. I think the real fun is going to be seeing. It sounds like uh, I know we've all talked about like, oh, yeah, 2023 is a packed year. It feel it feels like damn is gonna burst at the get starting at the game awards with these announcements. It really does. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I love uh, seeing the awards being handed out, but I love the announcements even more. Yeah. Yes. So let's talk about that real quick. Um just quickly, what do you think will show up at the game awards in the announcements and trailers? Noah, what do you think? I, I always throw it out there. Um, I probably will never get it. It'll break my heart till I die. But I want Titanfall 3 to be announced. I know it never will. <laughs> because Apex makes too much money. But I, every award show, every showcase, I, I throw it in there. You know, just that way, that one time I'm right. Uh, but I, Titanfall 3, I would love to see. I really like to see some gameplay from the, uh, I can't remember the name, but the Fallen Order sequel. The Star Wars Fallen yeah, nice Survivor. Oh, yeah. yeah Survivor. Yep. I would love to see some gameplay or, you know, something. Um, and then maybe a new Kojima game announced? Maybe? If oh, we're yeah. lucky. That, that's what I would love to see. I feel like okay. he's been in the dark for a bit. You know, he's been watching too much anime on Twitter, apparently. So well, there's nobody we'll who can bring Kojima out like Jeff Keighley. So. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that, He'll at I least announce a new podcast on there. <laughs> at least the next episode something <laughs> he'll show up that's for sure alright I'll go um, David you'll have last uh, I think uh, and I want to see uh, more Atlas Fallen I need to see oh, yes. more of that um, I'm excited like, for that dude <laughs> yeah I was like oh gosh yeah let me get some more of that uh, we'll probably see some more Resident Evil 4 remake I think I think that's a, a game of the war game awards type of game to show off when it's most anticipated so you could kind of guess yeah. yeah um i think we'll see some more uh tears of the kingdom i just i have a, a feeling mm, tears of the kingdom will show up might not be a you know a lot but i think it'll show up uh arc 2 i think will probably show up a little bit because that seems like something that would happen at the game awards <laughs> so that. That thing, uh, Forza Motorsport, that'll show up, mm. I think. I want 
to see Minecraft Legends, I have a feeling that could also show up. Maybe. And then Starfield. That'll probably show up. I don't think Redfall will, though. I don't think both of them. It's either going to be Redfall or Starfield. And I think Starfield. Yeah. David, what do you think? Well, there's some things that we know uh, when you've got one of the Final Fantasy 16 people doing a presentation at the awards. Uh, there's a lot of rumors hitting that they are prepping release date and mm. showing off additions. Uh, I think we're going to find that out at the Game Awards. Uh, that that just okay. almost seems too likely. Uh, same with Jedi okay. Survivor. I actually do think you see the game. I think I think there's a good chance it's dated. Uh, at the Game Awards as well, because the way that they've talked about it, not to mention the date supposedly is March, April. So at this point, you have to start marketing. (laughs) And what better place than the Game Awards, which people don't realize how much viewership Keely gets at these things. People save stuff because they know they will, it will be seen at Keely's thing. Yeah, uh, that that's the reason why you Viewership get he's keeps starting going up to get every these. year. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've said that Diablo Four is going to get a date. Uh, that's actually been leaked from an internal document that's supposedly from Activision Blizzard. Uh, I'm with you that I wouldn't be surprised. Like Tears of the Kingdom is more likely at the TG at TGA's. Uh, is it go- definite? No, but I'd give it a very likely spot. My Hot take one, because I always have to have one. Bioshock Four will finally be shown off. Okay, it has been in it has been in development for a very long time, and I think they've actually been planning to show it off for quite some time. Uh, They just kept hitting those internal problems with getting themselves ready for it. I honestly think that I've heard so many rumors that they were actually planning either one or two TGAs ago to show it off. They just kept ending up with issues. Uh, But now it is ready to be shown. And I am so excited, especially if some of these rumors with the ideas that I've seen for Bioshock 4 is actually real. The, the, The current rumor is that there are two different cities and you actually go between them and they're like, they hate each other. So you're doing it's it's going back to like that Bioshock infinite idea of just the hatred and and racism and stuff like that that's happening between these cities. So just I'm I'm very intrigued on where Bioshock can go from here, especially without Ken Levine. But I love Bioshock so much. <laughs> okay, this some interesting one. Okay, I think we all got some some interesting. Uh games in there. I'll die on my little Titanfall 3 heel, my little flag. Yeah, you yes. will die. Hey, I'm that, that barely, barely will die at every Ubisoft <laughs> event just because I it one day. <laughs> that one time we're right. We look crazy. You said, you said for what game, David? <laughs> Splinter Cell. Oh, oh yeah. Well, you might actually be every I, time. I am dying on the vine with Beyond Good and Evil 2. Gosh. I, don't, I likely will never get that. I read something about that the other day that said it was like, it's still, it's in early pre-production. And I sent it to Ron and Ron said, David, it's only been 15 years. <laughs> oh, that hurts. Oh, hurts gosh, yeah. Oh, I just have to keep playing the original. At least remaster the original. Give me that. 
Jeez, make it <laughs> make it look up to date. Uh, all right, so that will do it for us, man. Yeah, all right. So the we won't have an episode next week, but we will have an episode uh, covering, recapping all the Game Awards stuff. Plus, plus, we're gonna talk about our own Game of the Year stuff on this here podcast. So look forward to that. In the meantime. Enjoy your weekend, enjoy whatever you're doing, and enjoy the Game Awards. Hopefully, we get to come back with some dope announcements. So, we will talk to you later. Peace. Peace.